0: Right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Totem Talks Season 2, Episode three. 3. Excellent. It's so nice when we get to reset the numbers because I just yeah, don't it have gets to worry about remembering Counting above numbers.
1: 25 gets very difficult.
0: <laughs> it's nigh on impossible.
1: Yeah, but seriously. And, and that's Pat who works at a bank. That's so, true. <laughs> you know, if he can't count past 25, a minute, who still can? confidence <laughs> in our banking
0: system. I was joking. I can count to at uh, least 26. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Totem Talks. I'm not going to go through the whole spiel. You guys have been here. You know Agreed. what's going on. We're a music podcast. We like to break down artists, all that fun stuff. Uh, if you guys are new, uh, welcome. Yes, uh, good to have know, you. you. You're going to learn on the fly because I said I'm not explaining it and I won't.
1: That's true. We, we stick to our guns here.
0: <laughs> but uh, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Love to have you. Uh, that's it. Uh, I'm Pat.
1: I am Nick. I'm Alex.
0: And uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> he is Alex. That's
1: he true. He is
0: Alex, uh, and we're going to be doing three artists as is usual.
1: Yes, uh, so, today yeah, do you I, I yeah. want to. Uh, we're going to be doing George Thorogood and the Destroyers, AFI, and Bastille uh, today. So that should be an interesting mix.
0: Absolutely, it's going to be really interesting. So, uh, Nick, do you want to give the blurb for George Thorogood?
1: Uh that is certainly possible. I could do that. So, George Thorogood. Is uh, an American musician, a blues musician, uh, singer-songwriter. Although we use that lightly, uh, as he is mostly known for his blues covers throughout his, his he's career. He's a
0: singer-song.
1: Yes, uh, and he's from Wilmington, Delaware. So he's local to Totem Talk, sort of, right? Wilmington so, is like forty-five minutes he's, away. Okay,
0: local is in He's not. He's less he's than not an hour, far. I guess. He's
1: not far. Um, but multiple that's
0: multiple states, though.
1: It is. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh, I think that's all we need to know about him, unless you would like to know his birthday is February twenty fourth, and he's seventy years old now. Wow! Uh, so we're going to go over three records from George. Yes, we are. Uh, the f- first record, which is eponymous, George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Uh, what shocked me, and probably all of you guys, his second hi- or his highest selling record that we're doing second is "Born to Be Bad," not "Bad to the Bone." Uh, and then his shock yeah and his most recent record 2120 south michigan avenue uh best of luck to the listeners out there looking for that one
0: <laughs> yeah uh to be yeah yeah <laughs> to, well, we'll get it, there. to put it lightly yeah. that's uh, good luck to them anyway uh, cool uh great job on the so, blurb nick i oh, should give you, you more blurbs hey
1: just throw them out anytime i'm ready yeah. to improv i'll
0: just start throwing blurbs at you
1: all right well uh, then i'm gonna throw uh, this to you to uh talk about your feelings on this yeah. record first
0: so i'll go first uh Oh, George Thoroughgood and the Destroyers, the first album. So it was recorded in 1977. Correct. Uh, which puts them at right around 27 years old, roughly. Um, and it was okay. It was blues covers. There was nothing original here, really. Uh, I think there was two original songs. Two originals, yeah. And they were all right. Um, he's a good blues player, but... This is 1977, not 1957, and I'm not hearing anything that I wouldn't have heard in 1957. So he didn't take the genre and make anything different from it.
1: Right. Well, if you look at you know the names of the people who wrote these songs, that right. would make sense.
0: It does. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're looking at it, there's some John Lee Hooker, some Ellis McDaniel, a, an old traditional piece. I- yeah. Yeah. I liked it. He plays the guitar well. Definitely. He does the blues well. I don't like his singing. I, I think he is a very lackluster singer.
1: It's unique, though. It's very unique it's to George. It's
0: unique. It's just, you know, and it makes sense, too, because his most famous song, I mean, he's not really singing. But, 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 but,
1: yeah, right. Like,
0: True. It's not. So all in all, I was just very unimpressed. I've heard the name George Thorogood many times oh, in sure, my yeah. life, and I just expected more, I think. Mm-hmm. He's a decent yeah. blues player who plays covers. I
1: think what happened here, honestly, um, is that last week we did ZZ Top and Fog Hat that both ended up being very heavily blues, if not straight blues bands themselves. Both better though. Um Depending on song to song. I mean as yeah, a whole. It's song to song and comparable. As a whole, song, as a whole I, I think Foghat Hat was actually the best of the three. I but, would agree. Okay. Uh, well, Alex, what do you what did you think about this before I uh, so, what I thought about um, the record was that
2: it was, it, like Pat was saying, it was kind of lackluster. It was all really blues, all one, four, five. Um, oh, yeah. The thing with it for me is that it was the songs that stood out the most weren't even songs written by George Thurgood. Correct. They were all covers like one bourbon, one scotch, one beer, which kind is, hearted woman. I mean- were, one bourbon, one Scotch,
1: one beer is super famous as a George Thorogood song. Like people don't oh, know 100%. the original John Lee Hooker nearly as much as they know. Like that was a big hit for him. Yeah, I would, yeah, and it was a mashup but, of two other blues songs that he turned into one to just you know. Yeah, but it was just you know a little bit like all the covers
2: were really good, and he was really good at playing them. Like Pat said, his voice was a little lackluster, but yeah, um, the songs that he wrote himself weren't really
1: anything to stand out to me at least and they were all right yeah no i i agree um i did definitely enjoy the record all the way through i don't want to make it sound like we're like ragging on the record i probably liked it more than you guys but i definitely agree with your main points so repetition not bringing much new to to the table here at all yeah i mean i didn't Um,
0: dislike it it just
1: no i thought 20 years late right i i enjoyed listening to it but um it had a Uh, Aside from One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer, the biggest hit on this one might have been Madison Blues. That one I was very familiar with, too. I I love that song. Uh, And one that was kind of a pleasant surprise for me was his cover of I'll Change My Style by William Parker and Manuel Villa. Okay. Uh, I thought that was a really, really great rendition of that. Uh, I think despite George's lack of polish vocally, one, he's still better than, like, Billy Gibbons as a singer. And two, I did think that there was emotion or rawness to it. It didn't feel like, you know, like you could be bad and you can sound like fake and unenthused or you can be bad and you can sound passionate. Uh And he was not good but sounded passionate and there was emotion behind the singing, I thought.
0: Sure. Okay. I, I get where you're coming from. I didn't dislike it. Like I said, it just felt like, I I believe I said on an earlier episode, when you get something like the blues, that's such a standard, you know, not basic, but standard of music at this point, sure. I'd like to see elements of it, not just it over again. Yeah. No, I, I you know like, don't disagree I just wish you. that he had done a little more, maybe incorporated, you know, a little bit like that was what ZZ Top did. Sure. They did a lot of blues, but they incorporated a little bit more hard yeah, rock. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. I definitely so that's, agree with you.
0: It, it's just something to refresh the ear a little bit once you've heard something for, you know, 60 years or, I mean, only, at this point, it was only probably 40 years. Sure. You know, it's the same reason people, most people, dislike classical music. It's because they've heard it for hundreds of years at this point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just in the ear now. Right. I'm not one of those people. No, certainly not. Uh, and I'm not one of those people. I didn't dislike listening to the blues here. I just wish it was a little different.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally get you. Uh, uh, With that being said, I'm just going to jump right ahead uh, to 1988. So 11 years have passed before uh, his biggest record, Born to be Bad, comes out. And George has said that he thinks that this is probably his best record. I've read in interviews that he thinks it is his best. Um I don't necessarily disagree. I thought it was very solid all the way through. Yeah. Uh, Introduction of the saxophone on this record, which was not on the first one, was definitely helpful. It Uh, did break it up a little bit. It it, it made it a lot better. Um, Again, it's still mostly covers. He he wrote the title track, Born to Be Bad, which was pretty solid. Uh, And he wrote, I really like girls, which was not. At all. (laughs) So, I mean, like... He uh, really like girls yeah that was that was definitely the worst track on the record um but he did interestingly enough cover you can't catch me by chuck berry which yes. was the chuck berry song that the beatles got sued over for here come old flat top and come together yeah so i thought that was kind of kind of cool um
0: and the nice little six degree of totem talks there yeah exactly chuck berry.
1: which also chucky uh terry manning was also involved with the mixing and engineering and mastering That's, on uh, his, uh,
0: manning's father right
1: correct yes no, but he's the guy who we talked about last week on the yeah, ZZ Top episode as being a part of their their 80s records as well, um, and who actually played all the instruments on legs, uh, oh, yeah. except for Billy Gibbons' lead guitar. Uh, the one thing that I do think is a little different before I'm done with this is that while his first record was very much more like Roots Blues, and this is still blues, but it's Rockabilly Blues instead of Roots Blues, it was uh, more in the like... Stray Cats direction than it was Slightly. like the John Lee Hooker direction the problem is the Stray Cats have Brian Setzer Who's a phenomenal singer and a oh, virtuosic yeah. guitarist and Thoroughgood is neither of those things no so uh, but I think they were actually touring together around this time, too, so it okay. kind of makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, that does that make influence. a little more sense. All right, Alex. What did you think? I think that one of the things I really enjoyed about this record, a
2: little bit more so than the uh, previous one, is that there were a lot more – it seemed like there was more structure to it. Instead of like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to play a – like, uh, uh, they had moments where they were like, oh, we're going to hit here. And, and this is more from like a songwriting perspective. I'm sure. I'm thinking about this, where they're like – Bah, da, 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 bah, da, 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 bah, like stuff like mm-hmm. that where they're where it's a little bit more structured and it had it feels like it's different songs rather than just the same changes yeah. over and over again so this album was definitely a lot more refreshing to listen to I but agree. uh i i can't believe you really don't really like girls yeah like <laughs> did you like uh, that song I, it, it was man he really really re- 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 really likes girls
1: I mean he made it very clear that he does it, yeah. really he really 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 much, really really.
0: almost one of those the lady duff protests too much situations
1: yeah it, right maybe alright Patrick what do you think
0: uh okay well here's what I'm gonna say completely honestly I listen to these on the way to work okay and I normally will queue up all three albums Mm-hmm. Listen to them all the way through. It took me until the Chuck Berry cover to realize I was in the second album. Okay, yeah, I get that. So, um, it it was a slight alteration in style of blues, Mm -hmm. not noticeable if you're just listening from one album to the other. Definitely didn't notice. Eleven years had passed.
1: Sure, no, I I totally agree with that. Between
0: the last between Delaware Slide and Shake Your Moneymaker, eleven years went by, and it, it definitely didn't sound like that. For better or worse, I mean, he, he his vocals are still there. Yeah, yeah, in air quotes because he doesn't I sure like what his
1: they were. They're still that.
0: But yeah, seriously, it, it all felt very similar. Once we got to the Chuck Berry, I recognized the song. Went, oh, it's Chuck it's Berry. It's that one, right? Then I saw it was different album art <laughs> on my car, little right. uh, little doohickey, and I was like, oh, okay, we're at a different album. It's track five. Yeah. Um, that's all I really got. I mean, it's good he's Mm -hmm. a good performer yeah it's just there's nothing original here exactly
1: i think that's what we're gonna like sit at at the end of the day like he's good he does these songs well yeah and that's that's i mean we're talking that's
0: what it is we're talking we're 20 songs in now Mm -hmm. 20 songs into george therogood we have now heard five original songs
1: sure 15 covers yeah
0: that's rough i'm gonna go into the little bit i can yeah please Uh, for 2020 South Michigan Avenue. 2120. 2120 South Michigan Avenue, which is from a Rolling Stones song. Yes. Uh, So this came out in 2011. So he's 61 mm-hmm. and we're in the same boat now I can really only speculate on this album because it is impossible to find. Correct. Uh, Nick and I both looked. I don't know did you have any luck finding this album Alex?
2: I found it on
1: YouTube You found really? it I, I listened yeah there were there were a lot of the songs uploaded on YouTube okay because okay. I looked for it on YouTube and I only found like the title track.
2: Yeah same. Okay,
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, well, okay. There, there
2: were some of the songs uploaded on YouTube. One of the big things that stood out to me about it, it sounds the same as every other record, but one of yeah. the big things that stood yeah. out to me about it is that since he's getting older, I think he's losing some of his vocal quality. Sure. So they're using auto-tune on him. Oh, and it's interesting. It's not too noticeable maybe for somebody n- who like doesn't really know that kind of stuff listening to it. Sure. But for me, you can, you can hear how... Yeah little uh inflection there is and mm-hmm. how like right like sometimes he'll he'll just be a little bit too on pitch right the right.
0: autotune like- is very is very telling for artists like this who do a lot of uh like drop off when they sing so like instead of just completing a word they're just like yeah when you do that in an autotune you can really hear it because it does try to find those notes sure um so that's interesting to me uh but i uh, so i only heard the title track it was, it was more of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I feel thought it was like, solid. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this album would have been more of the same had I listened to the whole thing. Right. We're talking two original songs, which means out of a total of 33 songs, seven of them would be George good songs. Correct. Not a good ratio.
1: Not a great ratio. I agree. Not so. at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just jump in with a couple of things that I just found. Yeah. Because in do. lieu of being able to listen okay. to this album, I was like, I better just find some information. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so call. one, I think it's important to note because we keep harping away on not being original. He did, in fact, write "Bad to the Bone" and "I Drink Alone," which are two of his biggest hits that are right. still, you know, consistent radio play. So he does write some hits. That's one thing. Uh, the other thing, I was like, let's just see how many other bands that we've covered on the podcast that he has performed with or toured with? Uh, and the answer is quite a few at least. And I stopped my, I like went back about 20 years and then stopped because I had found so many. He's toured with fog hat. He's toured with ZZ top, uh, on multiple occasions, played with them at Montreux in 2013. Uh, he also played with uh, three doors down back in 2009. Uh, in 2006, there was an Arrow Rock Festival where he played with Deep Purple and Uriah Heap. And in 1997, uh, or 99, excuse me, they toured with the Steve Miller Band. So there's like nine degrees of Totem Talks. He's toured okay. with like half of our artists that we've covered on the That's podcast pretty so interesting. far. Uh, I feel like
2: the most surprising out of all that is Three Doors Down. Oh, 100% percent like, they like the most surprising. I feel like they're not the same at all. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree.
1: Uh, the ZZ Top and Foghat both being in the last episode made a ton of sense, as well as most of the other ones. But anyway, let's just score him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's go in and score him. Okay, so let's start with Cultural Impact. Um, he's got a name. We've all heard it. Yeah, uh, he's. Pro- I would say he's got about five or so big hits. Uh, you know, One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer, Bad to the Bone, I Drink Alone, Move It On Over. Those were all pretty decent hits for him. Um, he's gotten, you know, several... Gold records and a couple of platinum, right? Uh his yeah. live record went platinum. He's had multiple um Yeah,
0: gold gold is kind of his plateau for okay. studio
1: albums. Yeah, studio albums, yeah. So several of them have gone gold. Um they found their way onto the charts in some places. Uh, you know, he's not low. He's probably very close to average ish, I would say.
0: Uh yeah. I mean close to average, maybe, but he is below average, I think.
2: I wouldn't say by a lot. I don't think so, because I I think he's definitely one of the more prominent blues guitarists. That's true. That's true. Still around. So I think that name value alone, for me at least, I'm going to put it on his score. I think somewhere around five point five to six. Oh wow! Okay. Is, is all right. Well,
0: if up. you're going that high above it, I mean, I'll settle for average.
1: I think that's that's fair. That probably meets us where we're all at. Yeah, because uh, I would the be probably
0: like a four and a half. So that okay. Works.
1: No, I wouldn't have been that low either. I mean, just to be clear. Um, so we're we going dead on. We're going to go dead on five. That's fine. Uh, so Sounds for breadth of work, he's got 15 studio albums. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of which went gold. So you know, two and a half times the average and five golds so uh okay. while it's not necessarily um lights out work it is solid hold on though
0: because there's a big part of that go ahead the vast majority of them are not original music
1: that is correct To the
0: point where like yeah. how many albums quote unquote of original music is there
1: that's a good question i'm not sure now my belief would be uh based on how much you know success he had with those covers that while it affects his breadth of work a little bit it mostly is just going to like completely tank songwriting and poetic but oh, he still it, gets solid breadth of work.
0: I think it tanks songwriting and stuff too but I the fact that it's all covers because here's the difference. When we tanked the Drifters songwriting and stuff mm-hmm. that were that, that that was songs that were being written for the
1: Drifters. That's that they were. These
0: are all songs that other people wrote and performed and then George Thorogood is doing covers of. Correct. Like, that has to affect his breadth of work.
1: I'm not saying it doesn't affect his breadth of work, but I'm still saying 15 records, five golds, he can't be below average. He might be right around that average uh, again just because of how much it is covers. But, I mean, someone still had to hear him do his versions of the songs and his arrangements of the songs and say, this is going to sell, and then it did. I mean, it's-
2: And plus, it's not like recording an album is easy to do. Right totally like they they definitely had to put work yeah a lot it. of work i'm not saying so, they didn't put and, work and i into understand it, that it's like not original but i think that y- y- you you have to give him the benefit of yeah you know they recorded right this i don't study.
1: think this should tank three categories for him it should affect breadth of work but not nearly as much as it affects songwriting and poetic and I think Alex and I are on the same same page with that. So I wouldn't be able to give him less than a five for breadth because 15 records and five golds is more than most people will ever do by far. I, I guess
0: I can settle for average, but I, I really feel like we're giving him a ton of credit that he doesn't deserve there.
1: Fair enough. Uh, okay, instrumental talent. Um, he's good as a guitar player. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, he might be a five guitarist and like a negative two singer to me.
1: Uh, I don't think he's a f- five i think he's a little better than a five as a guitarist uh i don't think he's a negative two singer i mean nice. he has he's not good but like i said i mean i still he's think he's better singer. than a guy like billy gibbons or something like he's listen toable. he's got a very distinctive style good that people of a guitar listen player and maybe he's a slightly not oh he's definitely vocalist. not yeah that's right
0: maybe a slightly better vocalist i mean only because billy gibbons <laughs> sounds like he ripped his trachea out at correct. two years old yeah
1: yeah he, he definitely does um I really think you're just hating on Thoroughgood because you've gotten so much blues recently.
0: No, it's not even um, about the blues, man. It's just like his voice. Like The best song that I heard out of this whole thing is one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer, and he talks for 90% of it. Yeah, he sure does. Like yeah. 90% of that is speech. That's not singing. True, true. <laughs> so so all the rest did, of it, it was wasn't like, negative. okay. Though. I mean, listen, we didn't like Chuck Berry's voice, True-ish. and I much prefer Chuck Berry's vocal
2: uh, on that yeah, song. Yeah, I
1: agree. I agree with that. Like, I, Alex, <laughs> where are you at? Um,
2: I'm I'm kind of somewhere in the yeah. middle. I think that it's definitely not unbearable to listen to, but I think that for me at least listening to this last album and hearing the autotune, he's definitely mm. losing his yeah, stats. So it, it's kind of it's kind of tanking it a little bit for me, but I don't think the vocals should affect the overall instrumental talent because he is a, a good guitar right. player. Exactly. I would say better than Probably most that we've covered before. I he's, don't he's worry, very not I, I think... mean, the,
1: the thing about Thurgood is that he only plays the blues. He's not as diverse as a player like Trey Anastasio. You know, he's never going to be able to cover genres like that. But he's very, very good at what he does. Yes, and, I agree with that. So, again, I'm looking to, to fall in around average here if you factor the vocals down from where he was on guitar, which was a little bit above.
0: I mean, I guess. I guess.
1: I mean— what do you I'm, think, Alex? I'm thinking kind of around six. Oh my you were okay. Gosh.
2: For, for, okay. I was high as six, but I can settle for average. I can't even. believe. Did we listen I to can, the I same can, music?
1: Uh, we did. The difference is, Alex and we I, I like the blues.
0: I also really <laughs> I like, I like the blues. <laughs> but he's, he it's, brought it's, nothing it's original the to instrumentals, the
1: instrumentals.
2: Yes. Okay. Well, ready? The instrumental part. Yeah, of Yeah. Exactly. That's if, what it, we're talking about. It, it brings it up. Yeah. Oh my so here's where
1: we're at. Now we can all agree, songwriting and poetic are going to be very low.
2: Uh,
0: I
1: guess he's I written mean, like an album and a half worth of original songs over the span of his which career. I,
2: I just, I, I don't back. think songwriting deserves to be above a one. No, it's going to be lower I than just, a one. I don't get
0: how I don't get how he can be. I don't know. I'm I'm completely completely different than all of you. Okay,
1: what do you want on songwriting? A point uh, eight.
0: Yeah, I mean, a one at the, at the max for sure. He didn't write any songs. Yeah, no, that point eight. Saying. Sounds good. The one song he wrote is ba 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 bad
2: ba 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 bad. And buh, it was buh, bad,
1: hugely bad successful. Bo- yeah, and it was hugely yeah. so successful.
2: Writing. Sure. And he wrote, I really like girls. Yeah, that. Yeah, which well, should really subtract twenty points. Although although
1: he wrote the lyrics and for poetic talent, I drink alone with nobody else you know when i drink alone i prefer to be by myself which is maybe the most prescient thing i have ever heard <laughs> okay i mean it's brilliant right yeah uh huh is Absolutely that is that brilliant. a zen so Kelly? poetic
2: talents uh poetic talents at 10 yeah i think it's got to be listen
0: i don't for, even dislike george Thoroughgood. i just can't no.
2: believe we're like
1: thinking fives he's average and sixes. i mean i think average I is a pretty good thing this to, guy's to pick voice for him
0: is it was above a 5 Uh, His voice voice was not. His guitar was,
1: and his voice brought him back down. Alex just said he might be one of the best we've covered. He's very good at blues as a blues guitarist. I said
2: he was better than some of the people. You said better than most, my friend. I have the recording. And you've covered a lot of not great. True. True.
1: Okay, poetic talent? Zero. I mean, it's got to be more than zero. He wrote some songs. We don't give out zeros.
2: (laughs) Zero point two. So
1: zero point two is something I'm fine with.
2: The songs he have
1: written aren't. Yeah, lacks up. Totally agree, and I think that's that is totally fine by me. Okay, and that brings us to X Factor, and here's my plea for point one points. George Thorogood and the Destroyers did something called the Fifty States in Fifty Days tour, where they literally played a show in every single state in the United States, one per day, over the course of fifty days straight, including Hawaii and Alaska, which is a remarkable feat. I mean, it's almost okay. inhuman to do that. Uh, yeah. I think that's fascinating that it was even possible.
0: I would agree. I I, I will definitely give them a point one for that. Okay, thank you. Because I can't think of a single I other agree. person who's ever done anything like
1: that. No, I mean, that's just incredible. I mean, the the work ethic that goes into something like that. And the lack of sleep.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely that <laughs> second one. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, okay, well then let's move on to uh, AFI.
0: Okay, so AFI, which... As I found out this week, yeah, and me, stands I also found for out. a fire inside.
1: Never would have known. I have
0: heard the name AFI for years and never knew that it was an abbreviation.
1: I've mostly heard them thanks to Guitar Hero, but uh, yeah, well, you know, come on, we'll get there.
0: Uh, so anyway, AFI is an American rock band from Ukiah, California, everybody's and favorite. They town. were formed in 1991, uh, and they are still active today. That they are. So, there we go. Uh, We went over three albums. Um, We went over Answer That and Stay Fashionable, which came out in 1995. Uh, Then we went over December Underground, which came out in 2006. And then AFI, also known as The The Blood Blood Album, album, (laughs) which came out in 2017.
1: Yeah. So, Alex,
0: (laughs) uh, do you maybe want to
2: start us off with Answer That and Stay Fashionable? sure uh if you want to know one thing about answer that and stay fashionable uh it's that if you're into punk music and you you want to be a punk rocker and you want to be deep into it don't listen to this album <laughs> it's it's absolutely it seems like it's almost making fun of the punk movement because of how bland it is. <laughs> it seems like any other punk rock record yeah and it's it's there wasn't really anything that stood out to me about it, um, except for one of the songs, I Want to Get a Mohawk, but My Mom Won't Let Me Get One, <laughs> simply, purely because I feel like that's, if I wanted to write a punk song just to make fun of it, <sighs> that, I would write right. that And one. it's over and in it a minute and seems... 12
1: seconds, too. Thankfully. Yeah, that's yeah, the best it part seems about just it. just
2: completely arbitrary. Like, it seems like
1: you're just like, I want to make a punk record. Let's
2: do it. And it's, it wasn't good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that I that couldn't correct. agree more.
1: Uh, okay i'll go uh so i it was very strange looking at this album's runtime which is like 28 minutes for 14 songs or 15 songs uh but i was so grateful uh for how over quickly the songs were i mean there was not i mean that was my favorite part about the record that none none of the songs were longer than like two and a half minutes for me to suffer through. yeah uh, and when I say that, when when we talk about horrible hardcore punk records, this was not Hate Your Friends by the Lemonheads. That was worse. Yes. Nothing will ever be as bad as that. Yeah. But this it was, was worse still... for a
0: very specific reason, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh this was still very bad. This oh, was still agreed. very bad. It was recorded all in one week. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that makes that makes so much sense. Um if I could say something positive about it, I'm like, I'm sure there's someone who would listen to this. Like it sounds to me like very nineties skateboard culture type album, like skate punk. Um that's all I can think of that would be like sort of positive, but it wasn't good. It was a bad version yeah. of that. Yeah. And okay. that's that's all I can think of.
0: So, uh interestingly enough, I will be, I think, the positive voice wow. about this album. Uh I hated it. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> But uh so they were twenty years old in ninety five. And I, it was screaming and annoying. It was punk, but like like Alex said, I don't know how much punk it felt like. It felt like I don't know. I didn't like it. No. Uh, but the thing I did like, the instruments underneath the garbage were actually surprisingly good. There were well, for a punk record. Yeah, there were some really surprising like riffs and lines they used and like some rhythmic things they did that were really interesting. Like that's what set it apart from Hate Your Friends for me. That makes perfect sense. Was to me. Hate Your Friends just felt like a bunch of kids in a garage. There was a microphone involved and an album came out. This felt like, oh, there's some talented musicians who just this is what they think is fun.
1: Yeah, there was more to it than three power chords. Right. I'll give you that.
0: Uh, but The one that really stood out to me was the bass, Okay, which I'm surprised you didn't bring up. I It didn't stand out to <laughs> me at all. <laughs> I really liked the bass on a couple tracks where it really kind of like he was doing some things under the surface. It almost felt like he was playing a different genre of music, hmm. uh, and I liked it. <laughs> I liked what he was doing.
2: Oh, you know what? There were a couple songs that caught my ear with it, but I forgot to note right. them. But he had some fills that were really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, not sure. Really but, good, but good. That good. were
0: good. What that really saved me from sure. wanting to listen to the rest of this. Yeah. And I'll go into the next album. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, which contains the song that I think we all had heard. Right. Miss Murder. So when you hear the song Miss Murder, it gives you an idea of the band, which is why we were so floored right. by what Answer That and Stay mm-hmm. Fashionable exactly. did. Because yikes, it was very different. Uh so uh, December Underground. Uh, came out in 2006, so now, you know, instead of being 20, they're, you know, early 30s. Uh, you can feel it. They're no longer a hardcore punk band. Right. The bassist that I really enjoyed has left the band. Oh. But they come in, and they start with uh, Prelude 1221, mm-hmm. and there's singing involved. Really yeah. good singing. Like, and not, not knock your socks off, greatest vocalist of all time, but really pleasant to listen to vocals. And I knew that the guy could sing because of Miss Murder. Right. And I was like, oh, so they must have gotten a new singer. Nope.
1: Nope.
2: It's the same guy. I, he, yeah. I had to look up the same exact thing yeah. because when I was listening to that first album, I'm like, there's no way this is the yeah, same like guy. Yeah, right. like, they just got exactly. a new yeah, guy. Exactly. He looking and saying, nope.
1: Nope. Somehow the, it's not. Yeah, he, someone new.
2: He really got better or just
0: finally started 100%. singing maybe i yeah. maybe he just always could sing uh but yeah Davey havoc is the guy's name is is the lead singer of afi and i really enjoyed parts of this album and didn't enjoy other parts so this album really felt to me like a 70 30 split between like kind of a more mainstream not really horrorcore, which is what they kind of have been known as yeah uh but like not punk more rock
1: Right. Uh, it's stuff like, like that. It's sort of like alt metally. Yeah, almost. it's, a it's little hard bit to describe. And they're heavy. getting like keyboards involved. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Almost like, I don't want to say musish, but almost kind of musish, where it's like that sure. heavy undertone with keys involved, less classical influence. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: I mean, it was but, referred to as emo, like this stage yeah. is like emo music. Is,
0: right. Mm. But, I mean, there was some really good stuff. I really liked Love Like Winter.
1: Oh, great yeah.
0: song. Uh, I really liked the prelude. Uh, Miss Murder, obviously, is a good song. Classic. I yeah. mean, it's it's the one they're known for. But they did also have some of the screamy stuff.
1: Yeah, like a lot Kiss of that Kiss and was Control
0: making. was a big example of that. So they were, like, still kind of doing it, but not nearly as much.
1: Yeah, and that way, it, it actually kind of reminded me a lot of our Linkin Park listening, where yeah. I would be enjoying a song for, like, a minute or so, and then it would just be screaming at me for yeah. a minute. And I was like, oh, I don't like this anymore. I would have enjoyed this song had this whole next minute not existed. Could you I, cut that out? I'm with you. I get where you're coming from. Um, but this also, it's got th- that feel that it's just so 2006. Like why wasn't this song in Madden 2006? Like, I know it sounds like a silly thing to say, but there's a very specific type of like heavy rock metalish type music that they put in a lot of their soundtracks that this seems to fit perfectly. Um, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's better in every appreciable way from what they were doing on their first record. It's still not necessarily something that I would go back to. I'll probably listen to Miss Murderer again. You know, uh, I thought the interview was a pretty solid track, too. Um... It's a less extreme dichotomy than the Lemonheads. Like, it's yeah. it's no, it's a shame about Ray, because that album no. was fantastic. But it's so much more pleasant to listen to overall. So, I mean, I'm going yeah. to give credit where credit's due. This style, if it's your style, AFI is much better at it than they were at Hardcore Punk, which they are terrible 100%. at. 100%. Uh,
2: yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I think that a lot of the songs, for me at least, were, you know, it, was, it would be a song really hits for me and I'm like, I'm enjoying this and then like you're saying, I'll mm-hmm. get into a screamy song it's like, and it's like, ah. I'm not digging this. So like the album for me was very much like, por- parts of it, I would listen to again mm-hmm. and I would, you know, I, I enjoy the songs Miss Murder, Love Like Winter. I kind of enjoyed the missing frame a little bit but I did think I do think that got screamy right. in it. Yeah. I can't yeah. quite remember but like a lot of the other songs really didn't do it for totally.
1: me. Totally. Also skewed um, mostly And, and I don't think I would go back. Yeah, oh yeah, these are like, Generally speaking, normal songs. three, four minute songs instead yeah, of yeah. one to maybe two minute songs. Right.
0: But yeah, I mean, good points, Alex. Why don't you mm-hmm. take us into uh, AFI
2: or the, the Blood, Blood album. album? Oh, so the Blood Album for me actually was, I, I, I think I enjoyed that the most overall out of all of yeah. them. Yeah. Yep. Simply because I really enjoyed their, because I think they got a lot more into the keyboards mm-hmm. with it and that created a bigger soundscape for me. So simply listening to it, I, I really enjoyed that a lot more. Um, released in 2017, yep. so it's a lot more recent than all the other albums, and you can really kind of hear it. They're getting a little bit more um, Imagine Dragonsy kind of sounds with the keyboards right. and all that okay. kind of stuff, although very different from okay. Imagine Dragons, let me say that. That's um, a good point. I, I, uh, but once again, like there weren't really that many standout songs. The album as, as a whole was great to mm-hmm. listen
1: to, but I don't think for me at least there weren't really any songs that stood out yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I mean I think that's part of what I have to is like as long as they're not screaming, which was there was a lot less of on this record compared to December Underground. It's likable but never lovable. Right. As I mean, they're still in that they're still very much in the same strain of the emo heavy rock y stuff. Uh the production is excellent on this record too. I mean, the record really sounds nice. Um Mm-hmm. It's well done, and it's. I, I agree. It's probably their best. I don't think I'm ever gonna love them. Um, but it was interesting. The song "White Offerings" very much reminded me of like their horror punk roots yeah. in a way. It, it felt like a horror song, so they kind of yeah. reached back to their older influence and, and style. Been doing but on then and they off stayed right. But they stayed with the genre of music that worked best for them, yeah. but went back and dug a little bit of that horror out, and that was kind of cool. That sure. was interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, all.
0: Yeah, okay. So I agree that this album is even more chill, so they just have been getting more kind of chill as they go. They definitely were doing a little bit of experimentation with uh, like post-punk, new wavy stuff going on in mm-hmm. this one, uh, which I enjoyed to a point right i think the big suffering point on this album as compared to december underground is the lyrics okay they felt like i think i put it nicely and said a bit light on ambition that that is very nice um it just kind of felt like as they were kind of winding down as they got older they cared a little less what they were saying Mm -hmm which is you know whatever i can't sure. fault them for it uh i think that they have a lot more kind of hooks in this album mm-hmm. uh particularly hidden knives and get hurt both like back to back on this album are catchy hooks right which is good yeah. um above the bridge stuck out to me cuz i liked the chorus it had that like repetitive like almost like pattern to it mm-hmm. where it's like on the bridge above the bridge like you know like yeah. it was interesting to me uh and then uh the song she speaks the language uh <laughs> i literally put i was like it's more interesting because of the use of keys and then i put this band is infuriating because of how good they can be at times
1: at times yeah but never so for long right mm-hmm. so
0: it's like it's so infuriating that you guys can do this but then you don't right. do it. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> so uh, that's what I had uh, all in all enjoyed the last album as I listened to as I listened to uh, AFI. I enjoyed them more.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. So let's score them. Yeah, let's score them. OK, so um, they're known primarily for Miss Murder, I would say, amongst the general public. I
0: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah.
1: Um, because of Guitar Hero, they do have two records that went platinum. One being December Underground, and the other one being the record before it. Um, yeah, so I'd never heard another song by AFI aside from Miss Murder coming into this. If I'm being honest with you, and and I don't think
2: if you didn't play Guitar Hero and
1: didn't hear Miss Murder, I don't know if would you would have heard. Would, it, yeah, no it's were. it's a it's a niche market. They're probably very big in the niche that they right. fulfill, but I mean, um, but in culture at large, they're mostly known for that song because of a game. I would think I
0: understand where you're coming from. I mean, it's just some things to consider. I don't
1: think there are a one if that's what you're
0: I would argue. I mean, I think they're significantly higher than a one. I mean, we're talking two albums that went platinum. Right. Multiple albums. I'm mean, at least four that I see right now that charted in the top 10 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much consistently charted in the top 15 from 2003 to 2017. Oh, that's
1: so interesting that it was 2003 when that happened. Because that was the year they released their first record that wasn't that right. hardcore punk exactly crap that they put so, out in the first one.
0: I, I mean yeah. uh, you're talking Sing the Sorrow, which is that mm-hmm. album in twenty in two thousand three, yeah. was number five, then December Underground's number one, Crash Love at twelve, Burials at nine, right. and then Blood Album at Again, five.
1: Yeah, it's to to some extent it's almost like a Sade problem where we're like someone is and not not nearly as many records sold even close obviously no, but, but like someone is listening to this it's not me and i don't know who it is i've never met the person yeah. who is listening to well, it well this is not i mean i can definitely bad. say that this is a style of music that we don't listen to right exactly exactly it's, and like i said not that it's bad it's for at least the second half of their discography it's just i don't know who it is that are buying these records or yeah that's have fine. i ever met I just... or talked to them I just think it, I mean it should be incorporated. I don't think I don't think they should get a one. Uh, I mean I think, mean, it's I think they're going be closer, closer to like a, a three.
0: five than you're thinking, dude.
2: I here's my thing, and I don't want to bring up old beef. Go ahead. I don't think they're any more culturally impactful than Bare Naked Ladies. And you had we gave Bare Naked Ladies a four.
1: Yeah, I mean they're so definitely I'm not. they they're, four they're lower than that. I think because oh, they don't have like the theme songs and the movie stuff like you were talking about before right. with them. So I'm in the threes then I guess. I'm in the uh, threes. As well. I mean, I think that sounds not wrong. What to did me. we
0: just give George Thorogood?
1: A five. I and five. George Thorogood had oh. more hit songs I that people know. And, George
0: and, Thorogood. And he's a little bit
2: more of a house
1: yeah, I, I right. can't. I can't. Uh, but, if person, but if you ask him whatever you I'm if, saying if you. It, to be Pat, I'm going to be Pat. If you ask 100 people to name an AFI or a George Thurgood song, more people are going to know Bad to the Bone, uh, One th- Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer, I Move It On Over. I don't even know if that's true, dude. Uh, I think it is. I think, I think, just think Miss they're
2: Murder old, uh, just is he's more older. of a household song. I think
0: just because George Thurgood's A-fi older, you gave him two more of
1: a full name. points that's over a, a so band absurd. that has
0: two platinum albums and five albums
2: in the top 15 right. in the last 20 years. Okay. We I gave Bare Naked Ladies a four. Right. And I don't think they're any more well known than bare naked. I agree, ladies. I'm not and they don't have the other cultural things. You know, I fought with you for bare naked ladies. They don't have
1: the things like the movies and the TV stuff, so they should be lower. I agree. I'm That's only fair. I'm just saying. Dude, I'm happy like, to give them. A th- I think there are three. You think there are three? Okay. Alex thinks there are three. Pat think thinks there are five. I
0: I can't even um, believe.
1: That we so, gave George
0: Thorogood a five okay. when he's never sniffed so, right. a platinum album. That's fine. And we have AFI with uh, two platinum albums. platinum albums. He has had
1: live oh, platinum albums. He has a live platinum album. Okay. okay. So I'm anyway. sorry. and
0: their studio albums both went platinum and charted in the top five. Look, and I'm gonna be three. nice.
1: I'm gonna give you a 3.8 because Alex wants a three and you want a five and I'll lean to keep it keep the score. Up. I just I don't even like them and I can't even. Yeah? I'm just trying okay. to be fair. Like I platinum okay. is
2: better than gold. I don't I, think it's. There's, I don't think there's anything unfair. I don't about either it because George Thorogood is a well-known. Right, you could have artist, a platinum record one like. time and I then be completely think you forgotten are overselling about. overselling George Thorogood. Right. Thoroughly.
1: Anyway, so uh, I see what you did. Um, Breath of work. So they have those two platinum records you were talking about. There are ten records in total. Yes. Now, from our research, it appears to be that the first five of those records are all hardcore punk. That One is correct. And a half minute long songs and very bad. I yeah, I would assume that so, the
0: ones we didn't listen to were yeah. equally not good.
1: So we're looking at a band that has about half of their records that are worth looking into. About uh-huh. five of them you should probably write off right away. <laughs> They're pretty bad. They would only hurt their score. Um
0: But they, still, but are they records. still are records.
1: So ten, five really bad, that hurts. Uh two platinums, that helps. Uh, and then the other five were okay, uh-huh. So that doesn't hurt them all that much either. Uh, I would be willing to be in the fives, I would say for that.
0: okay, I agree. okay. I can do I can do in the fives. Okay. I was thinking in the fives too.
1: okay.
2: Because if we're not discounting George Thorogood for only doing cover songs, 100%. we
0: can't discount had that on the tip of my
1: tongue. No. AFI. No.
2: I mean, yeah, I had it prepared. Get, well, we the difference count AFI well,
1: for having the bad difference. Songs. Uh, well, actually, that's exactly what we do. Is it's about quality. So, but it's I was about gonna say.
0: your It's about you creating the songs, though.
1: If I Nick, if you
0: wrote ten okay songs, right, and I recorded one thousand covers of songs ranging from the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, right, I'm a better artist than you.
1: Depending on your arrangements and your su- level of success. Okay, um, the
0: arrangements are almost exactly the same with okay. slight variations right. in the solo. Again,
1: that doesn't matter. What matters here is <laughs> like to be consistent with what we've done for 28 episodes. Is if music is bad then that hurts your breath of work. Yeah, I'm
0: not saying that's you- all, I'm That's not,
1: literally the only thing I'm saying, and I'm still um, giving them above a five for having garbage music for five records. I'm not
0: disagreeing with you on that point. I think I'm, right on a five is great. I'm still just- th- th- Okay,
1: what do you want, Pat? Alex has decided he no, wants a five. I'm okay with a five. You're okay this. with a five? Okay.
0: That, it's not even about five. Okay. It's still about the uh,
1: Instrumental talent. So, uh, like we said, even on the terrible records- there were hints there was of something playing. more interesting happening underneath, and I agree with that. Yes. Um, I wasn't knocked out of the park, but I always thought it was very solid. The no. singing certainly got a lot better uh, for the and latter records. And the fact records. that it's the same guy
0: helps mm-hmm. in my book. The yeah. fact that they didn't bring in another singer, he was it's that able guy to who became a good along. singer.
1: Yeah, which is uh, always weird when that happens, when they get yeah. better later on. That happened with Real Big Fish, too. Yeah. Where it's like you just can't sing, and then one day you can.
2: Well, I had to... Th- we, my theory yeah. about Real no, Big no, Fish.
1: I know, I remember. Anyway, what do you think, Alex?
2: I... F- thinking purely about the instrumental yeah. talent, I don't really think there are anything... They they're good, I, but they don't like stand I think out that's to me. Where... I, I don't think I would put any of them in like my lists of top. Sure, no, no, no. I think that's where we're they're all at. Like, they're they're good. maybe even top a hundred. Yeah, and they're, they're average. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think we we I think all... I could do a five. I
1: think they're yeah, they're all average. Okay. Uh, songwriting talent. Um, they did. I'm glad that they showed an ability to change. Uh, I'm glad that they that they changed what they were all about yeah. and the style of music they did for the second half of their discography. Because I mean, even
0: going back to the first half of their discography, I think they were writing that genre of music decently. It felt uh, like it felt a little bit forced to me, as we yeah. agreed on, but they were writing stuff like trying to be angsty. Sure, so they were going for like, and they were actually writing like lyrics and words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, December Underground has a really good, you know, quality to it, a, re- a much higher quality of writing. Definitely. And I think that um, it does suffer a bit as you get into the Blood album.
1: Yeah. And I also think that something that we kind of knocked Lincoln Park on a little bit, too, was if you're going to use scream vocals, you have to use them in a way that complements the song. Right. And that, you know, it's like, oh, it's in the bridge part. It was the big build to get here, yeah. and now it's showing contrast with the rest of the song. They definitely overused them in a way that For damaged sure. the quality of song, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you on that.
1: Okay, so what does that put us at? I mean, I don't think <clears> it can be terribly low, because they did write 10 albums of their own original yeah. music, too. Um, five of them are pretty bad, but there was better, you know musical writing underneath than the average punk album. Uh I'm not super high, but I'm f- probably in between four and five is my is my gut.
0: Yeah, I'm leaning probably towards like maybe like a four four. I I mean they're not I wouldn't even put them at four and a half. Okay. Because again, a lot of the punk stuff is good instrumentally in parts. Yeah. But not overall. Sure. And then even as they get to later stuff, they did lose that bass player. Mm-hmm who I really enjoyed and their other bass player didn't have quite the same like riffability sure. I believe as from far what, as from i was hearing. hearing.
1: Yeah. Okay, Alex, are you on board with that? I'm on I, I think I'm on board okay. with it. Let's roll on to poetic talent. So, I mean, half of it those punk songs I mean, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, half of it yeah. is really bad. Uh you mentioned that you thought the quality dropped off for the final album too. Yeah, not, I guess it was just the middle album that was the best. Uh, Yeah,
0: I mean, so when I say dropped off, like, it didn't, it dropped off from maybe, like, a B-plus to a C-plus. Like, it it didn't fail. It just, I could hear a little bit of, like, just maybe, uh, I can just kind of phone it a little bit. Yeah,
1: right, and I guess the first five records will be kind of called D-minus, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Because the fact that we heard the song Double Ds by Iggy Pop. That yeah. that's my standard for an F for lyrics. That's so that's fair. <laughs> and it's very hard to get there. Um Yeah, so, that's pretty fair. Again, uh it's probably not gonna be remarkably high then, I would say, because there's a lot of, of pretty poor stuff uh for the first whole half of their discography so yeah they would probably be l- looking around the same range they are for songwriting talent
0: yeah i maybe would put them a little, a little bit higher lower oh, a little, a little, lower. little oh, okay. lower and the only reason i would put them a little lower is because i felt like as they grew musically they declined a little bit lyrically
1: okay that's fair what so, about like a 4-1 instead of a 4-4 four four?
0: i like that yeah still in the fours definitely yeah. not below that
1: and now i'm thinking there's I can get on board probably with that. not next
0: uh, no actually
1: no I'm not aware of any special tours that they did so no i can't Although,
0: I, I do want to say we didn't mention it when we talked about answer that and stay fashionable mm-hmm. the one track that I did not hate um was man in the suitcase or man in a suitcase they had a, the hidden police track yeah
1: I was gonna say that's not because it's not their song
0: <laughs> right um so it was interesting uh, on that front uh we just did not mention it I don't want to put yeah, an no, x no, factor no, but uh, something I wanted to bring up. If you listen past High School Football Hero, there is a hidden track that's a cover of The Police's Man in a Suitcase. Excellent. Okay, uh, so that's it for AFI. Let's uh, close it out with Bastille. Excellent. Okay, here we are back, and we're going to be talking about Bastille. Bastille. So Bastille are an English pop rock band. They were formed in 2010. Uh, they actually began as a solo project by yeah. Dan Smith, the lead vocalist, uh, and then kind of grew from there. They've been active uh, since 2010 all the way through to the present day, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. Excellent. Uh, so we that's went- <laughs> it. All right, so let's get that's scoring, it, let's <laughs> score. <them>. Uh, no, <laughs> that's so- we went over three of their albums. The we only were, three? Yeah, the only three, uh, which is Bad Blood, uh, which came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Then Wild World, which came out in 2016. And then uh, Doom Days, which came out in 2019. So expect their fourth album in 2022. Yeah,
1: that's that seems every, pretty... Uh... Every
0: three years, <sighs> like clockwork.
1: Yeah, right? Not uncommon. No, it happens. But, from, yeah. from what we've noticed, a lot of bands are like two years, four years, three years. That's our thing.
0: Right. So anyway, uh let's talk about them.
1: Sure. Um do you mind if I uh, take the lead on this one? I would sure. You can go, go ahead. It. Okay, great. So for Bad Blood when this came out in 2013, right. uh instant hits uh with yeah. Pompeii, with Bad Blood so, the title track.
0: Pompeii actually was a huge hit before it came out.
1: Right, right. It was released yeah. as a single ahead of time. right. And
0: it's like just wild.
1: But what my meaning of course being like right away they were right, doing yeah, well with right the first the album I agree. and uh flaws also was getting some radio play at the time which i remember because i owned the double version of this record all this bad blood i heard a couple songs and i really liked it so i bought that double record all this bad blood and listened to it religiously in 2013 and 2014. i was a pretty i remember them touring around here and they were playing actually at temple university at uh, the leah core center and I was trying desperately to find someone to go to that show with me, and I could not find anyone else who was available to like go to a Wednesday night show all in the middle of like November or something.
0: Wait, they had a Wednesday night show that was somehow early enough for you to go yeah, see well, it.
1: Yeah, well, I I was younger at the time. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was still staying up till like nine o'clock. Um, <laughs> I, I could I could have gone see it. Yeah, with I you. didn't know I you were like, it, like fourteen, 14 yeah. year old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just accompanying this minor uh, to a to a concert that I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I love this record. I've I love the double. I love every song on it. I love Dan right. Smith. His voice has mm. this amazing haunting quality that I just adore. I could listen to him all day. Yeah. Even as we get later on, and there there's songs that I don't like nearly as much as the songs on this first record. His voice always stands out. I mean, it's he is exceptional. He is he is really exceptional, and. This is a good album where you can understand that I do not necessarily hate synthesized music, because there is an excellent blend of uh, piano and drum, like actual instrument with effect, and also synth that kind of creates ambient sound and fills space. And the way that they wrote those songs, I mean, it just perfectly balanced those things. Yeah. I mean... I will I say could it's name funny. Everything. Well, go it's ahead. funny
0: to me because if I were to say, "Hey Nick, I have this band that is from the 2010s who mm-hmm. uses heavily synthesized instruments." Normally, you'd say, "Pass." Right. This is the uh, only. Because that's this is very anti-formula for Nick, who's very possibly 70s
1: Very possibly the only band that fits that description that I like. Right. Um, and I could pick any of these songs. I really like uh, Daniel in the Den, which is one that's you know doesn't get nearly as much play uh definitely definitely go in for all this bad blood because the songs poet and haunt uh, are especially fantastic and i really love their cover of what would you do by city high as a matter of fact there was a time when i was really pushing for low totem to to do that cover song and and pat knows uh, maybe someday in the future but i really loved what they did with it i mean yeah i have no negatives about this record at all
0: okay Alex, what did you think?
1: Uh, I think the record was great.
2: Uh, I really enjoyed, like Nick was saying, uh, the, how the synthesizers were used. Because I'm not like Nick where I hate synthesizers. I enjoy them. But um, like when they're used too heavily, mm-hmm. I kind of get a little shut off by them. But I think this album really created a, a good sound with the synthesizers. Totally. And that yeah. was something that really attracted me. Um, and uh, Dan Smith, beautiful oh, yeah. vocals. Like absolutely gorgeous percent. and so I like nick was saying I don't think I can really say anything bad about the album um maybe some of the songs kind of sound similar mm-hmm. but not so much so that it's like George third yeah words, right totally. all the same chords it's just kind of the same sound
0: yeah I mean I agree with where you're coming from uh obviously I do also love the vocals uh, I also really like Pompeii uh when it came sure. out it was a huge yeah. hit uh it, it, it kind of blew up and really put them on going the map. into high school oh my gosh huh. yeah i uh. would i had graduated high school well For, before this came yeah. out <laughs> um three years yeah but uh some of the things that i wanted to highlight are the things that were a little different to me uh one of which is things we lost in the fire love that song uh i love that song i love Great the song. use of the repeated line mm-hmm. like these are the things the things we lost the things we lost in the fire like I like that it just it feels so like building on itself mm-hmm. and lots really of great growth. use
1: of harmony vocal
0: yeah oh all the way throughout mm-hmm. for uh, for them
1: and harmony and sometimes unison where he's creating yeah. like a chorus effect with his own voice which is really nice yeah
0: very interesting yeah. all the way through I also really love the song get home um, mainly because it was a much softer song it really shows a lot of range like obviously they're good at Pompeii, which is which is a, a kind of driving beat. It's a little more fast paced. Uh, Things we lost in the fire is the same way. Icarus is also kind of lively, strong mm-hmm. beat. The same yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. So hearing Get Home where it's like way more stripped down, yeah. way more. I don't want to say Ed Sheeran, but similar to Ed Sheeran in terms of like a slower song that's more about the emotion than it is about the beat. Okay. Um, that's what's enjoyable to me. Uh. It, I will say the only negative which isn't even really a negative very coldplay. Okay. Very similar I to coldplay. I can understand that. Yeah. Um for better or worse I enjoy coldplay so it's not a negative to me but I can definitely feel inspiration a bit. Okay, I get that. From coldplay. Uh so I'll take us into wild Yeah, keep World. rolling. So this came out in 2016, because uh, that's what they do. That,
1: right, right. <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, same thing here. The reason I wanted to bring it up is because this album is where I really heard Coldplay. Okay. More than the first album, but I wanted to kind of mention it. Uh, the one thing about this album that I absolutely adored was the use of those like classic little film snippets um, in between or the beginning of songs, which really promoted like this kind of feeling of anxiety like what are they Mm -hmm. talking about like it's so it was really interesting to me yeah um i totally feel like i understood where he was with this album uh it really felt like this kind of like anxious reflection all the way through like you could kind of feel the tension in the writing uh he's come out and said that he kind of wrote it about like current events sure um right around 2016 a lot of stuff was going on yeah uh so Not that it's not anymore, (laughs) you know. There's always stuff going on, but still, we get it. uh, A lot of really interesting things. Um, An act of kindness. I really enjoyed the harmony in that. I also enjoyed, like, the feeling of the warmth and and kind of dealing with feeling unworthy. That's a really relatable thing that a lot of people struggle with. Uh, I love the song Two Evils. It's my favorite. Yeah, very ballady, very broken down. Uh, This really good, like... Uh, atonement and self-reflection uh, mm-hmm. was really nice. Uh, and then uh, the two other quick things I'll mention are, are the song Snakes. Uh, if you listen to it, there's like a slight lyrical throwback to the song Pompeii, which is interesting, very clever to to kind of throw back to your most famous song. Uh, and then I loved the song Winter of Our Youth as an ending track. Super relatable message of like, at this point, uh, I mean, and this is that's more even a, a personal thing, because they're not much older when they released this than we are now. Right. Uh, well except for you you small child Alex yeah. uh but yeah. you know the winter of our youth is a very real thing right now and it's very interesting to hear a really good take
1: on it
2: sure uh so that was all hey. I had for that
1: Alex I'll let you jump in
2: uh I don't really have anything to, to add really like I enjoyed the album a lot um I think it kind of was in the similar sound to um, the previous album, Bad Blood. Um, I did like Pat said. I really enjoyed the film snippets. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a cool totally. thing whenever people do that. And I also want to do that with Low Totem. Interesting. So be prepared for me to to pitch that. But, okay. Um, one of the things, actually, if if we want to get a little fun facty, because I actually just looked at it, um, the song. Oh, are you gonna take on this my, album? The,
1: all my notes are gonna be oh, gone. I was gonna say that.
2: Oh, that's fine. Oh, darn, okay. You know what?
1: Nick, we can say it at
2: the same okay. time. Yeah, no, I'll take yeah, it go ahead. because because I just go saw ahead. it. Um, I had prepared it ahead a of time, poll. and wrote
1: it all down. But no, 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 you just saw it, so go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm coming in. Yeah, it sucks when he's against you, huh? Uh, and that's well, very different.
2: The uh, a 2020 NME poll um, said that millennials would want this song played at their funeral. Played at their funeral. Oh, he just had to I get had, it in before yeah, me. I just figured I'd jump
1: in. Yeah, but it was, it yeah. won for which song you would want most played at your funeral, which is interesting.
2: That is interesting. Ahead of See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie well, Which is why I because think that is a, is a funeral song. Exactly. Oh, well. But I don't know. Okay. But yeah, I enjoyed I I enjoy the, the album a lot. hit
0: the floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Or I Ain't Got No Body
1: Ver- well. by David Lee Roth uh that song is called just a gigolo by johnny cash i'm pretty sure it's called just a gigolo
0: pretty sure it's called i ain't got nobody
1: really Uh, okay Um, it doesn't matter everyone knows the song it's a great song anyway uh so i am less high on this record than you guys again i owned it when it came out because i love the first one so much so i bought this the day it came out uh i don't dislike it at all uh what i do like is the is the movie clips What I don't like is I feel like the perfect balance that they had struck between organic live instruments and synth has started to lean a little bit too far in the synthesized direction. They've gone further in that direction on this record than they were in the first, which is why Two Evils particularly stuck out as my favorite song right away because it's pretty much just guitar and vocal and super emotional and passionate vocal. And the guitar part was just right for it. Yeah. Um a lot of it just got to the point where it almost sounded like dance clubby in the music and I'm out as soon as I hear dance club. Okay. I mean like I can't I can't do that. But And I think I think in the in the
2: time because it was released like 2015 2016, 2016 yeah. I think around that time music kind of shifted a lot more toward that poppy yeah cincy, and
1: i, fancy kind of I can't movement. enjoy that uh i mean there's still enough bastille in it that i enjoy the whole album but i'm wary at this point when i like i hear right. this album and i'm like okay this might be the last bastille album for me uh, what that's what well, i heard that's what i heard when i first bought it in 2016 i was listening to i it, you can't know?
0: wait to find out if it was
1: i guess i should just tell you then uh so i'll, I'll get us started on doom days which is uh, an interesting concept album about a night out during like the yeah. apocalypse uh so I love that I love the idea I love uh the way that they kind of executed the whole thing and how they released like ig- the exact time that each one of the songs took place during to like really put together a very cohesive story yeah um again it is uh very pleasant to listen to but they have Fully gone, full synth, very little organic instrument on this one. Uh, there are some exceptions, like Divide, which I thought was the best song on the record. Great uh, Great piano sound, really great song. Uh, on 4 a.m. they had some really nice keyboard parts towards the end that were fading in and out.
0: Which we're gonna start doing after um, 3 a.m.
1: Yeah, right, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I just, I really wish that they didn't go this far in this direction. It's it's too right. overproduced, It's it's gone. You know, at first it was this beautiful 50 50 blend, and then it was going kind of like 65 cents, and now it's like 80 85 cents, and I'm out. I'm done. I, I don't dislike anything about this record to like just passively listen to, but I will never listen to it again on purpose because I don't get anything out of it because of it's it's just too computerized. It doesn't feel like organic music okay. to me.
0: All right. Um, I, Except for Dan Smith, who's fantastic still. I kind of disagree with you on that uh so my my main point about this album i really loved the concept uh i loved the need uh, like it's a concept album about a night out during the apocalypse but it's definitely a metaphor for like sometimes needing to escape and not think about the world that's falling apart around you yes um and your struggles to do that and super relatable stuff and i think really lyrically strong i don't all disagree way with you through uh, you know, a great lyrical message in just the opening track, Quarter Past Midnight, um, to kind of, kind of proof that you can be nostalgic about a moment as it's happening. Yeah, I get that. Uh, that's, you know, that's something that a lot of people, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone, is, mm-hmm. is a real concept. Uh, you already mentioned Divide, so I'll skip over that. I also enjoyed that one. Uh, the song Million Pieces. Uh, the only thing that I could say about it is it felt super '90s, like very stylistically '90s okay yeah i for take it for what you will um i really enjoyed the lyrics pretty much all the way through I thought it was very clever. I thought it was a good concept. I thought it was a good story that was told. I liked the energy in a couple of these songs. Uh, Nocturnal Creatures is one that I liked the pulse of. Uh, Because, you know, you're dealing with a a song, Nocturnal Creatures, and you have this, like, kind of ambiguous pulse going through it to kind of build interesting stuff. Um, One of the the tracks, the title track, Doom Days, I loved the, the lyric about live streaming the fall of Rome. Yeah. For two reasons, one very on point for like everything going on in the world, you're kind of we're all just kind of watching things irreparably happen, right? Um, and then also fall of Rome, nice recall to Pompeii again, right? Their number one selling song, of course. So a little double edged sword there. They're
1: really you know giving the shaft to Herculaneum, that poor city. It had to go under at this, in that same, ex, you know, eruption. But know. no one cares about hey. Herculaneum.
0: I mean, did they <laughs> shout before? out to
1: Herculaneum on the podcast? <laughs> yeah,
0: there we go. We we we, uh, go. we would love to be sponsored by Herculaneum. Yeah, that ancient <laughs> that, <laughs> ancient city. Right. Uh, the only other one I'll say is I really liked the kind of gospel feeling on the closing track, Joy. <laughs> um, it was different, and it was it was enjoyable.
2: Ah, you're right, up, Rob. Slugger. I don't, I don't I don't really have anything to add. Uh, album was good uh this was one that i listened to i think i was in the shower and i was focusing on the shower more <laughs> than the listening um if i'm gonna be quite frank concentration. Um, and, and and it yeah it does mm-hmm. sometimes you know gotta lather gotta rinse gotta repeat <laughs> there you go there um, you go but the album you know like like nick was saying it, it's kind of shifting a little bit more towards the synthy and for me that's not a turnoff so for, i i kind of felt like it was in the same wheelhouse as, as the first yeah two. Like it, it, it kind of had a good blend. Um, it wasn't like bad synth-y. Like I think like Maroon Five got bad synthie, mm-hmm. but like th- this is still good for me. I still really enjoyed it. I didn't know it was a concept album actually oh, really? until right okay. be- right before we recorded. Um, and I'm gonna have to re listen yeah. to it and and with that in mind, about that. yeah. And just to yeah, because like every track is apparently like a different t- time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, during right. the party, yeah, they laid and that all out. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so it's I I need to re-listen. To yeah, it definitely to, to get that. But nothing nothing stood out to me about this album. Um, but it it was it was it was okay for me. Right. I, cool. I didn't, all right, let's, let's. Uh, I had to lather. All right, let's score. Let's on. score them.
1: Okay. So Cultural impact. They're still relatively new, but they made their mark right yes. away. Um Yes. They definitely made their mark right away. They've had. Regularly, like steady radio play, kind of yeah, collaborating sure. with other people. A ton of um, appearances. in such yeah. a short
0: span of time. They've been everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to. For being around only seven years or so, I think they've definitely made their mark. I think the only thing that against them is that it's just like time like they're going to get more and more famous and do more appearances and do more things and have more hits over time and you know their impact is yet to be fully realized but they're you know i mean they're in the discussion here
0: it's definitely something i mean they're a british band yeah, and they've been on a ton of American television: SNL, Jimmy Kimmel, David Letterman, yeah. Conan, uh, The Ellen, sure. uh, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, a ton. They've also been on the Graham Norton show, very huge British talk show. Uh, so, just they've been on a ton of stuff.
1: Yeah, they've they've definitely gotten
2: gotten themselves out there. Yeah. And they're definitely like gonna be one of those bands that you know a few years down the line, and by a few I mean like sure. ten, they're they're gonna be like in it, when you're thinking of like 2010 music, you're gonna be like, oh, Bastille was really big. And, yeah, yeah, I mean no, they I also agree played with
0: you. at stuff like New Year's Rock and Eve. Yeah, that's that's big, something. Yeah. Big, uh They were uh, they played on the fa- the finale of the 13th season of the Voice.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Uh, that a couple exp- Good Morning America appearances.
1: Yeah, I mean. That's that's all very legit stuff.
0: Yeah, just saying, I mean, for a band that's only been around you know in the yeah, 2010s, exactly. they mm-hmm. have been on TV mm-hmm. a ton.
1: Right. Um, the only thing holding them back is that we just don't fully know what their long-term impact is going to be, what their career right. arc is going right. to be, but I think for 7 years they're as good as you can be for a band that's only been around 7 years, you know. Yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah. The question is what exactly is that? I mean, here's I mean, the here's I, the realistic.
0: Me, yeah, okay. What do you think, Alex?
2: for
1: me that's a that's a four or five okay with with i I, down mm -hmm. the line to grow i think i am right there with you between four and five with a lot of room to grow if we revisited this in like you know 10 years i think they would you know see that jump up a couple points too yeah um yeah as long as they keep making hits
0: yeah, so maybe like a 4.5? Yeah, right yeah, I think
1: that's super fair. Yeah, I think that's great. Breadth of work. Uh, there are three. There are only three records, um, but they've had radio play. They've done well. Bad Blood did go platinum. Yes. So uh, it is hard to go platinum in the 2010s, in the age of streaming. Yeah, so and credit I mean where the credit single due. itself
0: also went, I think, double platinum. Right.
1: Yeah, so so that's definitely impressive stuff. Uh, generally speaking, as a rule of thumb for, for these really super um, young, Uh, artists that only have like three or four albums we've been but the quality and the sales have been pretty decent for them we've been in that four range as well yeah Uh, so I think that's probably where we should be here I'm not gonna knock them just because the last two albums weren't for me I mean Dan Smith is still fantastic on them it was a natural progression. They changed in a way that was, you know, that felt right for Bastille to change even if it yeah. wasn't for me. Like I'm still gonna hang on to that first record and pick a couple songs out. I'm probably not gonna go back to the others as much. But that doesn't mean it's bad or wrong or that they're not growing as artists. So you know.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I mean right around right around the
1: same spot, like four and, right and a half, Right around a four maybe, and a half again. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. I think that's perfect. So instrumental talent is a tricky one for me. Um, Dan Smith is fantastic I mean he's he's fantastic uh it's weird I I mean a lot of the stuff they do I think uh, especially on the first record I attribute maybe more to songwriting than their actual talent playing the instruments I think they have very nice parts played on the piano or with strings or guitar but they're not necessarily like super complex or virtuosic parts or anything like that
2: and in the later albums, they get a lot more into programming. Exactly, it's much yeah. more about programming in instruments and a in lo-
1: lot less about playing instruments. Yeah. So
0: for me, but Dan Smith's yeah. vocal talent—he's da- yeah. way up there. He's way up there. Uh, for me, it kind of is the reverse of the last of, of Thoroughgood. Mm-hmm. Well, your opinions of Thoroughgood. <laughs> um, where i I would probably, if it was just minusing the vocals, be putting them at maybe like in the four ish range because mm-hmm. they're I mean, I would say they're a little bit below the average in terms of, yeah, none of it is spectacular, and none of it even kind of shows glimpses of spectacular, correct. yeah. And no. then I would be putting him like in he the is. sevens vocally, really.
1: okay. He's, I would have I, actually kind of gone a little higher for him vocally. I, I, I mean, I was when I say seven, voice. I mean
0: like seven point eight seven, okay. like almost yeah. an eight, but like, because right. I love the uniqueness of his voice. I,
1: I totally agree with you there. Um, I'm on board with that. Which puts me um,
0: probably at like a 5.6. Five, five. Okay. 5.6, 5. Um, 5. to be clear. I,
2: I would go up to a 6 overall. Really? I, I think he's a great singer, and I think it, it, they're not playing the instruments, but the instruments itself are, are yeah, really good.
0: Yeah, but instrumental in all talent. Yeah, is I mean, so- it
1: hurts me when you program when you program an instrument like anyone can hit, program Nick a computer. Nick doesn't want
0: his job taken over by the machines.
1: Yeah. I mean, I... <laughs> I struggle to to see how it's even comparable to program a drum machine on a computer or to be an excellent drummer. So yeah, you know? so my whole or thing is like I,
0: where you're coming from, Alex, I would agree on songwriting.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I'm, think I'm instrumental fine with that. talent, I'm the I reason I'm have lower like in lower. the
0: fives is because they do end up programming it, but I think Dan Smith's yeah. vocals really kind of this pull world. them up.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll. I'll okay. That's fine. I'm good with the five point six, and then we can get a little bit closer to that six with songwriting. Is that what we feel? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm yeah. fine with it. Um, and and we can't be too much higher than that, especially given that there's only three records here too. Yeah. Which is another thing that we have to consider with poetic talent. I mean, it's just there's not a huge amount of work out there yet, and that's going to hurt uh, them a little. Yeah, I agree. I once they even get up to like six records and they've hit the average threshold, then I feel like it. Makes much here's, more of a jump.
0: Here's my thought process. Like, let's be honest with each other, okay? If they release three more albums that are the epitome of mediocre, mm-hmm. would you still be considering raising their songwriting just based on the number of songs or their poetic talent? Because I think the poetic talent mm-hmm. is huge here. It's
1: it's I very good. Yeah, I think um, he
0: is a very phenomenal storyteller who incorporates significant emotion in his pieces. I agree. His concept album was a very cohesive story. I and agree. And I think that ju- I'm, I'm not saying we don't take some off, but I think yeah, just I'm not the saying number
1: a number... I'm saying it's just something that we have to keep in the back of our heads. So right, we're but I just think if he, released,
0: if he released three songs that were complete... Or three albums that were completely average... Mm-hmm just to have six albums, and the score went up because of that?
1: No, no. I, I, I That would
0: be a disservice. To sure. That, that no, would am we just if, scoring on the if number. If there right.
1: were six albums of this quality instead of three albums if of this quality. If there were six albums qualities. of this
0: lyrical quality, I'd be arguing in the eights.
1: Yeah, that's and that I would find okay. totally reasonable. Okay. But we're just a little bit lower than that. Oh, for of, sure. Yeah, we are. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, I I, I
1: think that we agree then.
0: Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Okay. I'm just being clear for yeah, the, we the, the audience. Okay. I want them to understand that we're not scoring... To the potential, we're scoring to the existing.
1: Correct. Yes. Okay, so where are you at? What's your number then?
0: Uh, I'm still maybe a six and a half, seven.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: I'm I'm very cool finding somewhere yeah. around there. Alex, what were you thinking? Um, I think I'm right on there with you Okay, guys. so six. how about a 6.8? That finds that works. A, a happy medium between those. Okay. Are you ready? Do you have an X factor for I have an X us? factor for okay. Best deal.
0: Okay. So... I didn't mention it very specifically uh, um, in their television appearances. Okay, Bastille appeared on the season seven finale oh, of Game, Game of Thrones.
1: Thrones. Yes, and
0: I, and I think that deserves at least a point one.
1: Interesting. Game of Thrones is it arguably, g- arguably g- one of the biggest television, one of the shows, biggest television ever. shows ever. That's not wrong. Mm, not the. Biggest. I said arguably one of the one ones. of. the, Yeah, it's it's okay. way Wait, up who, there. Wait, What's bigger? To be asking. Uh, Breaking Bad? Ooh, I don't I think don't If, if you bigger. talk about it terms of worldwide better. viewership, whatever. If you're you talking about terms talking of worldwide bad? viewership, I'm saying, oh, you I you mean, Game of Thrones is one of okay. the Breaking most watched shows. Breaking Bad servers. may or I mean, may I mean, not be world, better. Worldwide. That's up for debate. Yeah, but it's I definitely mean, that's, not bigger. We're not talking about which one's better. I mean, we're just saying Game of Thrones is pretty much, you know.
2: I've yet to see Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. interesting.
1: Well, just skip the last season and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's true.
0: So, yeah, at least a point one.
1: That sets precedent. Yeah. That so you do you actually want to set that precedent here, or do you just want to make sure that you can give that to Ed Sheeran when not, we do that Ed Sheeran episode? I actually want to set that precedent. Okay. If we
0: ever do Aaron Rodgers' music career, he deserves it as well.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Not that he has a music career, but he yeah. might by the time we, yeah, we get knows? to
2: him. Well, hold up. But then then we would have to give... Uh you know points for whenever their uh, a song appears in big movies a big Not their
0: song shows. them physically they were in no, the Yeah no, no, we're talking about they, they were, were actors. they were physically they, yeah, they were, were extras. in the episode. they were
2: extras in Yeah that's what I mean yeah. no
0: not not physically they
2: yeah. not not just the song I, I did not know yeah. that yeah. That's uh, wow yeah, we'll yeah, give that's it to, we'll that, give okay, it to I think it right. it.
1: Now hold on do we have to go back to episode 20 on the first season and give garbage points because Shirley Manson was in the Terminator, Terminator TV series now she I don't starred know if that
0: it. quite equates
1: to. Well, maybe but it doesn't quite equate to being an extra that nobody even knew was She's, in Game of if Thrones star- because I they know were. If she started it. Yeah, she was like the TX one thousand and one or something. Okay. She was like the Terminator in that we series. We could
0: potentially revisit it. Okay, we can discuss that off mic. Yeah, that being said, I've
1: never out. seen anything related to the Terminator. I've never seen any oh, television gosh, show yeah. or movie that has.
0: I've seen the movies. I've never seen. I
1: them. will say this: I know what show. Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like. Wild, yeah, I know, and you know what, what he looks. It sounds like. like, yeah, I do know what he sounds like. Okay, I know that it's not a tumor, that's, uh, but <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Can you
0: hold on? Do you know what movie that's from?
1: Is it Kindergarten
0: Cop? It is.
2: I haven't seen it. Shocked and impressed yeah. that you even knew the title. Yep. But anyway, so okay. hold up. Does that mean that we
1: have to give NSYNC sync points because? No. No, no, we can't give them any more points. Anyway, so here's the, the results from today. Uh, so our results from today sort of just kind of went right in order as we went. So George Thorogood uh, got a 16.1 overall okay. on All the right. strength of his not writing any of his own material. Uh, AFI got a 22.3, and Bastille wins the day with a 27.5. All right. So yeah, we just like kind of jumped lot, right up. That's
2: a lot closer than I yeah,
0: thought. Yeah,
1: congratulations be, to, to Bastille. You know, uh, it's very hard to get points. We're we're a stingy bunch. So. Oh my gosh, yeah. you're telling oh, 100%. me? 100 <laughs> percent. I fought tooth thin yeah. and for every
0: point. You yes. are a little
1: generous. Yeah, he was, you'll, you'll
2: get a colder heart as you it, get older. Cry about it. Pay. Yeah,
1: right. That's true. He's still a young boy. I still have so much optimism. Yeah, oh, exactly. Gosh, which I can't why? even. I can't even understand optimism
0: all right so that's gonna wrap us up for this episode of totem talks thanks for hanging out everybody hopefully you guys enjoyed it uh
1: right and stay tuned uh for next episode where we will be looking at elvis costello and the attractions
0: very interesting can't wait for
1: that definitely one of my biggest musical blind spots of an artist that's like relatively popular I mean, so that'll be interesting for me to kind of. Yeah, no, that's good to get
0: to to do the research then and listen in. Cool. So, uh, everybody stay safe. Uh, Have a good 2021. But most
1: importantly, have a great day.